All right, back in the basement after uh, two great days last Thursday and Friday. Filling in for Guy Gordon on the aforementioned Guy Gordon Show. And, uh, you know, I'm new at this filling in, um, doing an actual talk radio show, even though it was it's something that I've been working on in my life since 2005. And I've uh, been, uh, it depends on how you look at it, lucky or unlucky enough to uh, have found a way to stay in the business, to stay around the business, to work my way up um, from a board op to, um, you know, filling in occasionally behind the microphone. Um, so, you know, it's very different, but but it's not that much different than what I do down here. Um, to me, the biggest difference is the the absolute thrill I get when I'm talking about something on the radio. I throw out um, a couple questions in the phone number, and uh, people who, who, who don't know me or people who've never met me or don't, don't even know who I am outside of a you know casual drop-in um, during Guy's show under normal circumstances care enough to call in and voice their opinion. It, it's, it's really cool, and uh, excuse me, I don't take it for granted. And as I've said many times on this very podcast, um, it, it's, it's one of the reasons this show exists, so that I can continue to progress and get better um, during those times where I don't have an opportunity to fill in. And the next one is uh, right around the corner next Monday, I think it's the 15th. Today's the 8th plus 7.15. So um, a week from today, this Monday, I'll be back on the Guy Gordon Show. And uh, I hope that uh, I, I hope that's enjoyable as the last three shows that I've done, as predicted, on the Guy Gordon Show on Friday. I did not watch any of the coronation. I uh, actually was pr- going to get more hot takey with it, but I, I didn't want to be disrespectful um, to the people out there who, who you know, might just watch it uh, for escapism. I mean, there's a lot of things we watch. Um, there's a lot of things we watch that are frivolous or don't really um, affect us in any major way uh, that we watch just because we enjoy it and we don't need to justify it. Um, but, but for me personally, um, I've said it about the royal family. I, I don't get it with them. Uh, much like uh, a lot of people probably uh, wouldn't get it with me about podcasting. Um, to me, the royal family, I'm not sure what they do, but they live in the lap of luxury. And I've said many, many times um, that if uh, the royal family lived in the United States, they'd be the Kardashians with older money. Um, they would not be as lauded and romanticized as they are over in Great Britain and around the world, really here in America as well. Even though um, it, it seems like in recent polling, um, British youth have become less and less supportive of the royal family. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that's going to continue with Prince Charles and Queen Camilla, who aren't really a likable couple. And I think there's a lot of people out there old enough to remember uh, Princess Diana who... Um, was very, was much beloved. She was so beloved, you could argue that she was so beloved that uh, that it killed her because she died in a car accident running from the uh, paparazzi. So it would be in- interesting to see if she was still alive and somehow her and Prince Charles uh, worked it out, whether personally or the Queen Mom just said, look, 
Diana's good for PR. You see Camilla on the side and keep it a secret. Um, it would be interesting to see if she were still uh, princess, now queen, um, just just how rampant the, uh, the, the, the British monarch love would be because she was very popular. Um, so anyway, that's way more time than I thought I was going to be spending talking about the royal family. Uh, TLDR, the too long didn't read version of that is that I did not watch the coronation. And uh, just about everything that I hear about the royal family, I've learned against my will. Uh, Trudy's back home. She's, uh, she's on the mend. It's good to have her home. Physically, she's healthy. Mentally, she's still recovering. And uh, my wife and I have just made the decision that, uh, you know, if Trudy's mental faculties don't come back, then we're just going to love our derpy dog. If she does come back full well, we'll love that dog too. But doctors still don't know what's going on with her. Uh, treating her for liver disease, which she's had since she was a puppy, uh, which could possibly be leading to her, uh, it would seem like a minor minor seizure on Monday and her cognitive um, struggles now. So, all right, on to the news. Cue Kevin O'Neill's I've Got the News Sounder. What the hell is happening in Texas? What the hell is happening in America? Uh, over the weekend, I'm sure you've heard, all over the place, that a Dallas-area shopping mall, a 33-year-old suspect, opened fire, um, and it looked like he had a uh, an assault-style rifle. Is it an AR-15? Yes, an AR-15-style rifle, according to Axios, which I don't know what that means. Is So is it an AR-15 or is it an AR-15-style rifle? Anyway, it's one of these uh, automatic uh, weapons and a handgun, open fire, Killed eight, injured seven before he was um, brought down by police and killed himself. He was also wearing body armor. And right now um, they're looking into racism and domestic terrorism as his possible motives. Um, but it, 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 it matters, but it doesn't matter. Obviously, he's dead. He can't face charges. And um, I got to say, we're getting very, very close to being numb to this. Um there was that shooting last week in Atlanta, the medical at the medical center, where uh, the suspect was bringing his mom in for some reason. He opened fire, killing one, injuring four. And I remember, I remember that kind of coming and going silently, and thinking, well, unfortunately, um, you know the the victim count is probably too low to to shock and. Um, shock and disgust us anymore that it, 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 it kind of was a mention and it sort of went by the wayside but what these shootings are proving is that these things really are happening anywhere and everywhere yes still statistically your chances of being killed in a mass shooting are very very low but it's not zero and it's happening and I talked about that survey uh, last week about um, how a majority of young people surveyed in one study were fe- fearful from the future. And, uh, you know, I, grew, I, I like I said, I came of age 
in the Columbine era. I was like, I was like seventh grade when it happened. And so I didn't have – it was shocking and it was horrifying, but I didn't have kind of that internalized fear that mass shootings can happen anywhere at, at any time. And so I made a decision a long time ago um, to continue living my life. And if tragedy happens, tragedy happens. I do my best to um, mentally prepare myself. If I'm in a if, if I'm in a place where there's a lot of people, and it doesn't even have to be a place where there's a lot of people anymore, um, because like I said, stuff like this is happening happening at, at at random shopping malls in the suburbs of a major metropolitan city on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, how nondescript is that? How how unextraordinary is that event for something for for something like this to happen? But I'm wondering if this is changing the way. And if I were on Guy's show, I might throw this out to the audience. You know, the news of all these mass shootings, are they changing the way you live your life? Because, uh, like I said, myself and people older than us, we probably made a decision a long time ago. Hey, these, uh, these mass shootings are terrifying, and I hope to never find myself in one. But I find myself kind of looking for all the exits when I'm when I'm in a public place not because I'm worried there might be a mass shooting I mean there's other there there's other emergencies that pop up where you might need to know where an emergency uh where where an exit is like a fire or 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 something else but uh it's in the back of my mind it's always in the back of my mind and uh it does seem like some states and and, and some federal legislators are willing to move a little bit on gun reform. But obviously, it's not going to stop every shooting, and you can't quantify a negative, right? We can't talk about, uh, we can't look at statistics to see how many mass shootings or how many lives were saved due to legislation that has been passed. But what about taking a look at body armor? I mean... What do what does a normal citizen need with body armor? I, I can understand, um, you know, you don't want to limit access to guns, even though I don't know why any pedestrian needs um, uh, an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. But for the sake of argument, I'll suspend that. All right, someone's breaking into your house, and you need to protect yourself right away. Uh, 911 is going to take five to ten minutes to get there. You don't have five to ten minutes, so you get your gun and you neutralize this threat right there. Okay. Obviously, the Second Amendment needs to be protected, but it can be amended. Hence the name amendment. But what do we need body armor for? I mean, you know, if if, if someone's breaking into your house, you're not going to have time to call the police and put on body armor and hide. I don't see a reason anybody's buying body armor other than to carry out attacks like this. And uh, I don't have the, the, the numbers on how long it took the police to neutralize this threat, but um, I'm pretty sure that it was quick because there was uh, the police officer who shot this 33-year-old suspect, he was already at the mall on an unrelated, uh, unrelated uh, uh, incident that he was called in for. So I think I, uh, my guess is he neutralized him pretty quickly, but he probably could have neutralized him quicker if this guy wasn't wearing freaking body armor. My guess is he had to use a headshot because obviously he couldn't shoot at the body. So 
you know, it, it's hard. It, it's hard and progress and compromise has been made on guns, but it's slow. So why don't we look at body armor? And if somebody is buying body armor, um, you know, maybe it could be illegal, but you flag that person and you watch that person because what the hell is somebody buying body armor for who's not in the military or, or a member of a police force? Oh, and by the way, uh, buried behind the lead of this uh, Dallas area mall shooting, another tragedy in, in Texas, at least eight are dead after a car drives into a crowd near a migrant center near the border. And um, there's a lot of hearsay about a motive there, but the police haven't independently verified it, um, if this was intentional or accidental. So I'm going to leave it alone. But, um, I mean, eight people dead. That is as many people dead at this mall shooting. And, obviously, it got buried itself uh, because the mall shooting got more run. Okay, so we uh, covered what the hell is happening in Texas. Now we move on to what the hell is happening in Kentucky. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Mage, the winner of the Kentucky Derby. Um, congratulations on winning, and congratulations on, on surviving the freaking week. Um, seven horses died um, last week at Churchill Downs leading up to the Kentucky Derby. I believe five died during the week, and then two more died um, on Saturday in the pre-races. Um, one of them was re-euthanized right away. Another walked into the, the, the horse ambulance, if that's, if that's the term for it, walked into the horse ambulance under its own power. They put a splint on it, and then they euthanized the thing. I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm no, I'm no horse veterinarian. But I would think that if the horse walked into the uh, uh, horse ambulance and just had a splint on, all right, maybe the horse can't race. You don't need to euthanize it. I mean, how uh, uh, how, how hard do they try to save these horses' lives once they're not able to, you know, make, make a huge profit racing? They can still get a good stud fee. You can still put them out to pasture and, and, and let them live the, the rest of their lives as 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 retired horse athletes, I'm sure there's a lot of people who'd pay a, a lot of money for a former Kentucky Derby racehorse, or 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 a racehorse that might not have actually made the Kentucky Derby race, um, but but was still at the pre races at Chur Churchill Downs, even if there was no stud fee. Just uh, just very upsetting. And um, a trainer named Safi is it Matt uh, Matt Safi? Um, he had a number of horses. Um, yeah, no. Wait, hold on. Um, da, 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 what's the Safi guy's name? I want to make sure I get it right. Oh, Safi is his uh, first name. Safi Joseph Jr. Um, had a number of horses that died at Churchill Downs this week. So many. So many so that uh, he was disqualified from the race and, and, and his horses were scratched ahead of time. So I hope that guy gets uh, investigated. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, we watch so little horse racing in this country that we really don't know a whole lot about it. But, again, like I said, it's very, very upsetting to hear that seven horses died at Churchill Downs. Uh, and one was euthanized when it sounded like he probably didn't need to. Um, 
world of sports, a lot of uh, a lot of craziness last night during the NBA playoffs. Uh, let's start with the uh, let's start with the nice news. James Harden, uh, a couple months ago, uh, he made news for making a FaceTime call to John Howe, um, one of the injured um, in the MSU mass shooting back in February. Uh, turns out he's a big James Harden fan. James Harden got uh, got got wind of this, and he decided to um, FaceTime this young man uh, in his hospital bed. And he told them that, uh, hey, man, when you get out of here, I mean, you're going to come to a, a 76ers game, and we're going to hang out. Um, and he he picked a he picked a great game to go to uh, because uh, young Mister Howe now in a wheelchair. I don't know if it's permanently or temporarily, but he's in a wheelchair. Uh, he went out to the 76ers game last night, a playoff game versus the Boston Celtics. James Harden hit the game-winning shot in overtime, and he went over, and not only did he make good on his promise to uh, bring Mr. Howe out for a 76ers game, he made good on his promise of, of visiting with him, and he gave him his shoes. So uh, James Harden, he he often comes comes across as kind of crusty and standoffish and um, it doesn't mean he's a bad person. Obviously, this shows that he's he's got a heart of gold underneath all of that and uh, that iconic side eye. So I, I think maybe as long as you're not a sports reporter, either criticizing his performance or or trying to get a quote out of him, he's 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 a great guy and and kudos to him. Uh, and then in the uh, the Nuggets Suns game, I'm sure everybody saw it. Matt Ishbia owner of United Wholesale Mortgage and now the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, which, by the way, uh, earlier this week or maybe it was last week, it was announced that Ishbia was taking was taking Suns games off the Bally Sports app and putting it on uh, free antenna TV, digital antenna TV, and streaming services um, so that uh, fans, there, there were no barriers to fans um, being able to watch and enjoy the Suns. He had a little dust-up with Nikola Jokic, who I will now be um, referring to as Joker because I'm lazy. Um, him and the Joker, um, MVP candidate, had uh, an altercation courtside where Joker and another Suns player, and you'll forgive me, I don't know which Suns player, went flying into the stands, met Ishbia, owner of the Suns, sitting there courtside instead of up in a um, owner's box. The ball fell in his lap. He grabbed the ball. Joker went to grab the ball back. Um, the ball went flying. Joker stood up. So did Matt Ishbia. Uh, Joker was trying to get the ball back. Matt Ishbia, um, it, it looked like Joker's hand kind of grazed him, and he went flying and uh, Joker got a, a technical. The, the video is all over the place. The whole thing's ridiculous. Uh, number one, I, I'm pretty sure that Ishpia just caught that ball on a reflex. I don't know why, uh, why, why Jokovic um, decided to aggressively grab the ball back from Ishpia other than he was, he was frustrated and, and uh, uh, thought, how dare a fan be holding the basketball even though it came right to him and uh you know everyone's accusing Ishby of the dive uh because it did not look like uh he he got hit very hard at all uh by by Jokovic 
Um, if anything, it looked like his arm grazed him as Jokovic was was reaching for the basketball that went flying. Um, but Ishbia, Ishbia like like flew back. It looked like he flew back like three, four, five rows. Of course, I'm embellishing, but I don't know. I mean, I've never I've never caught the arm of a dude who's six four six foot eleven, two hundred eighty four pounds, but it looked embellished. 